You're listening to The Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 32. This is The Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At The Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing. You should too. Well, hello, everybody. How are you doing? My name is Scott Wellens. I am your host of the Best in Wealth podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping real people. That is you, my friend, build real wealth. So together, we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor, and it is awesome to be with you guys today. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. And today's topic is eight steps to a great financial plan. These are steps to a lifestyle financial plan. But before I get to the topic today, let's set the stage for a little bit. Who does the grocery shopping in your household? If you're married, do you split the duties? Do you go once a week or do you go every day or every couple days? How does it look when you guys do your grocery shopping or when you do your grocery shopping? I imagine that each and every person or family out there has a specific routine. They also have a routine that they like the most. I know that we do in our household and in our house we go once a week. Yeah, there's times where we have to go back to the store because some items were missed. But for the most part, we do the bulk of our shopping every week. And that shopping day is either on Saturday or on Sunday. However, we have a good way that we do it. And we have a horrible way that we do it. Sometimes we'll go on the way home from church on Sunday. And when we do that, we don't have a list. We don't have a plan. We don't know what kind of dinners we're going to be eating that week. We kind of go into the store and just look around. And normally, I'm super duper hungry after church, so I'm grabbing a lot of different groceries. I'm not grabbing a pizza. I'm grabbing the five-pack of pizzas. And when I get hungry, I get grumpy and I start feeling sorry for myself. So I'm grabbing everything that looks really good. The kids are grabbing everything that looks really good. We don't have a list, so we're just grabbing stuff. We're grabbing stuff that we already have because we just don't know. And at some point during our trip, I say, ah, you want chicken one night, pork chops the next, let's grab some chicken, some pork chops, and let's just fill up our cart with groceries and be on our way. That's not a smart plan, people, when it comes to grocery shopping. We normally, when we do that, we spend way more than we should on groceries. Other times, I might be off doing an errand, not grocery shopping, but then have this great idea that maybe I should get the grocery shopping out of the way. So I'll call my wife and say, hey, I'm going grocery shopping. And I, again, I don't have a list. I don't have the kids this time. I may not be hungry this time, so it's a little more efficient, but I still don't have a good plan. And oftentimes I'll be in aisle 10, almost done shopping, and then a text message will show up and my wife will say, oh, we got to get this, we got to get that, we got to get this, and now I'm running back. It's not very efficient. There's not a plan. 
But this is how it's usually done. I mean, really, I'm the president and founder of Fortress Planning Group. I am a planner. I like to plan before I go grocery shopping. So oftentimes I'll make a list. I'll just start listing things off and the things that I want. No particular order in the list, just make that list. And then off to the side, I write down the dinners that we want and make sure I have the ingredients for those dinners because I do most of the grocery shopping in our house. I also do most of the cooking in our house. Is my wife lucky? Yeah, she's pretty lucky, but I love her, so it's all good. So I'll make this big long list, I'll go to the grocery store, but there's not a good order to this list. So I end up going from aisle two to aisle 10 and back to aisle two again. Way better than going without a list, but still not the best way. Here's the best way I do it. The best way is when I get up really early on Saturday or Sunday morning and decide to do the shopping before anybody wakes up, before anybody in the city really wakes up and does their shopping. So there's not a lot of people there. And before I go, I really get crazy with my list. I group all the items that I need. I go in the refrigerator. I see what we need. I clean out all the crap that we left sit too long that's not good anymore. I go into the pantry. I see other items that we might need. I do a thorough process of on what the kids generally eat for breakfast and lunch and dinner. I make a whole dinner menu. And then I start listing all the items we need according to how the grocery store is grouped. So I'll have a column of all produce items we need, a column of all meats that we need, a column of all inner aisles that we need, dairy, frozen, extras. So I'm well prepared when I go to the store. I know exactly what we need and I have a great order as I'm picking out the items. And there's not a lot of people in the store because it's so early in the morning. This, my friends, is a quality grocery plan. Is that how you do your grocery shopping? Or do you go on Sunday after church hungry without a list? How do you do your grocery shopping? This leads me into the topic of the day. The topic of the day, eight easy steps to a lifestyle financial plan. What is a lifestyle financial plan? Before we do that, let's discuss just the way the old process worked and let's group it into the old retirement process. Generally, we had one job. Think of your parents, maybe even your grandparents. You had one job. You worked until you're 65. You collected a nice pension. You collected Social Security. And it was just thought of when you turned 65 as an extended vacation because within a couple of years, you croaked. You were done. You were finished. And if you bought before you croaked and before you retired, if you had any extra money, you'd maybe do one of a few things. You'd let your bank account stack up just your regular savings account. Maybe you did that. Maybe you took it a step further, got some CDs from the bank. Or maybe you bought some whole life insurance policy with a cash value and you were sold one from an insurance rep. Or maybe even you bought some stocks or bonds. Only if you had some extra money. That was the old way. 
Man, let me tell you, friends, the new way is totally different and the thought process is completely different. Now, there are so many more opportunities for us. That's the good news. The bad news is there's so many more responsibilities as well. Man, people are working many different jobs now. Those traditional pensions, well, they're going by the wayside. Our investments now are our responsibility. If we invest poorly, we may not have enough for retirement. If we don't plan properly, we may not be able to live out our dreams. Why? Because we're not croaking at 70 years old. We are living into our 90s or late 80s. And if you're married and you're both 65 years old, I can almost guarantee you one of you will live into your 90s. And if you're lucky enough to retire early, which is another opportunity, you may be living a third of your life in retirement. So many opportunities, so many responsibilities. So what do we do about this new planning process, the new retirement? Well, I'll tell you what we do. We develop a lifestyle financial plan so that we can tackle every opportunity and every responsibility and be confident in the way we're living right now. Just like my friends going to the grocery store on a Sunday morning and having your list written out in the proper aisles, that's a perfect grocery plan. Let's now build the perfect lifestyle financial plan. Because really, very few people have them. And everyone, I repeat, everyone deserves one. So we're going to go through the eight easy steps to a lifestyle financial plan. And number one step is to identify all of your unique goals and select the importance of each. Determine the outcome you want to achieve right now. It might not be perfect, but it'll be a great framework for your financial fortress. You're building your house right now. Where do you want to go? If there was a book written about you, how do you want it to end? And determining your outcome means starting to build a framework to your dreams, your goals, and your cornerstones. Here are some goals for you. Oh, and by the way, for a more in-depth talk about retirement dreams, go to bestandwealth.com and find episode number 23. It's real easy to navigate at bestandwealth.com. All of the shows can be found from the first page. You can click through all the shows you want to and click on episode number 23, Seven Most Common Retirement Dreams. That'll help you if you have not listened to that episode. But I'm going to give you a few dreams, goals. Here's one. Not running out of retirement money before you die. Big one. Healthcare, huge one. Car. Do you want a new car every three years? Do you want to upgrade your car every three years? A car. College for your kids or for yourself. Travel. Do you want to travel the world? Do you want to go to Florida every year for three months? Home improvement. Are you living in your same home, but you want to make home improvements 
through the course of your retirement years. Gifts, donations, weddings for your kids, major purchases like a boat or a big camper, leaving a bequest to your loved ones, buying a new home, starting a new business, saving for your 50-year anniversary, providing care for your parents or someone you love. Those are unique goals that are important to each and every one of us, and everyone is different. Determine where you want to go. That's step number one. Step number two, educate yourself to make informed decisions. Don't start buying financial products from somebody selling you something until you figure out what you actually need. That's what I mean by educating yourself. That's why I teach a retirement class at the local college here in Milwaukee. And what's coming down the pipeline, because I want to serve as many people as possible, is I'm in the beginning stages of offering courses online so that people can gain the knowledge and educate themselves to make informed decisions. I'm a couple of months, maybe more away from this, but this is something that's very important to me educating yourself so you can make informed decisions because we never want to buy any type of financial product or stock or anything until we run through our lifestyle financial plan don't buy anything until you know you need it because oftentimes when you make a decision it can't be reversed and don't think for a second that if you're saving in a 401k and investing up to the match that you have a lifestyle financial plan. That is not a financial plan, my friends. So step two was educate yourself. Let's move on to step number three. Step number three is to identify the resources that will help fund your goals. What income sources will you have when you enter the next stage of your life? Are you gonna work part-time? Or are you going to live off of what you have? What investment assets do you have? What savings accounts do you have? What other assets do you have? Because step number three is all about determining where you are financially right now. Let's face it. Step number one, we figured out where we wanted to go. But the only way that we can get to where we want to go is if we know where we are right now. If you were on your way to your friend's house right now, but you couldn't find your way, so you called your friend, your friend picked up the phone, and you said, hey, I'm having trouble making it to your house. That was the outcome you wanted to achieve. And you asked your friend, could you provide some directions so I can find my way to your house? I'm lost. I don't know how to get there. Well, friends, the only way your friend is going to be able to tell you how to get to where you want to go, their house, is if you let them know where you are right now. There's no other way that your friend will get you to their house unless you tell them where you are right now. It's the same when you're developing a lifestyle financial plan. We need to determine where you are financially right now, good or bad. And we do this through net worth statements, cash flow statements, and a whole host of other ways to determine where you are. 
All right, that was step number three. Let's move on to step number four. Step number four is to determine the balance of risk and return that is right for you. I've said this before on the show. In fact, we've had a whole show that was dedicated to risk. I'm not exactly sure what that show is, but again, go to Best in Wealth, find the show. I think it's called How Risky Is Your Portfolio? Well, friends, here's the deal. If we know where we are right now, And if we know where we want to go, at least have some semblance of where we want to go. We may not know all of our dreams. We may not know all of our cornerstones, but we have a framework. We have something to go on. We have a general direction. We're getting to the state we want to go, maybe not the city yet. We're pointed in the right direction. Well, once we know where we want to go and where we are right now, The next thing we need to do is determine our risk and the balance of risk and reward. How quickly do we need to get to where we want to go and how much risk are we willing to take? Are you going to put the pedal to the metal to get to where you want to go or are you going to just go the speed limit because you're not in a hurry? When we work on risk, we work on risk tolerance, risk capacity, and your goals. Never, ever, ever take more risk in your portfolio than you need to to achieve everything you want to in life. Why? Why put yourself through the headaches, the sleepless nights, all of it, the stress and anxiety, looking at our investment statements because we have an extremely risky portfolio, but we don't need it. We don't need that risky portfolio because we're going to get to where we want to get, reducing risk. So important. Step number four, determine the balance and risk that is right for you. Step number five, once we have those steps in order, we can move to step number five, which is creating your personalized lifestyle financial plan. Now we're setting the GPS up to get to where we want to go. And we're going to address all the possible scenarios along the way. If where you are right now is Wisconsin and you need to get to California, it's not always a straight line. We get off course a lot. And some of these scenarios I'm talking about are job loss, health problems, disability, death, changes to Social Security, all these things that cause us to move off course. But if our lifestyle plan is addressing all of these scenarios, well, now it's okay. We get off course. We know how to get back on course because the scenario that we're addressing, we can overcome because we've planned for that possible scenario. Okay. Step number six, we're getting there. Just three more steps. Once you created that plan, well, now we need to review and discuss your plan results. It may be achievable. Everything you want to achieve in life, getting from Wisconsin to California, you want to retire in 10 years, so you got 10 years to get there. You want to achieve all of these things. How achievable is it on your current path, your current risk, your current savings rate, your current goals and dreams? This is how we determine how you're doing right now and if any changes need to be made. And the way we do this is to get you into your confidence zone. 
there's give and take. Say you want to retire at age 60, but it's not achievable because you will not make it to California in that amount of time. So what changes do you want to make in your life? Because there's many scenarios besides just saving more money and spending less. That is difficult to get people to do. But here's some other things you could do. Well, what if I still want to get all my wishes? I want to achieve all my goals and dreams, but I'm willing to sacrifice and work longer because maybe I can get in the confidence zone if I retire at 62 or 65 instead of 60. Maybe that's the path to get me there. But maybe my biggest goal and dream is to retire at 60. That's number one. So now maybe I need to go back to my dreams, my desires, my wishes, my cornerstones. And I may need to make some changes there. Maybe I'm not going to buy a piece of property up north to build a vacation home. Maybe I'm not going to travel around the world every six months. Maybe I'm not going to buy a new car every year. By doing this, we can get into the confidence zone. And the confidence zone is between 75 and 90%. We want to put a confidence meter up on your goals and dreams. And we want to put the probability factors in. If you can be within 70 to 90%, or rather 75 to 90% probability of achieving your goals, you are on the right track. See, too many people use their investments as a gauge to their ability to achieve their retirement dreams. They look at their IRA statements or 401k statements and say, man, I'm doing pretty crappy in these investments that I have. I might just need to work until I'm 90. They're gauging it from their investments. But it's actually your lifestyle retirement plan or your lifestyle financial plan in the confidence zone and where you land right now, where you should spend your time. So if your investments go down 15% in 2016, how does that affect your confidence meter of retiring, the probability of success? That's what I mean by a confidence meter. Use confidence meter or probability of success interchangeably. What if we go through a recession next year? How does that affect my probability of achieving everything I want? What if Social Security benefits get reduced by 20% or my pension does? What if inflation creeps up? What if my investments aren't doing as good as I thought they were? Well, those are all what-if scenarios. Those are scenarios you cannot control. However, we can inject these into the con and see how that affects your confidence meter, your probability of success. Okay, that's enough on step number six. Let's go to step number seven. Step number seven is implement your action items. Once you have your plan, it's rare that you're doing everything you need to be doing because that probability of success could be under that 75%. And guess what? It could be over the 90%. If it's under the 75%, let's do things to get you in the confidence zone through action items, diversifying your portfolio more, reducing or increasing risk in your portfolio, adding insurance to your financial 
plan or selling insurance, implementing an estate plan, spending less, saving more. Those are things you can do when you're under your confidence zone. Do a social security analysis on the best time for you to start withdrawing. The other thing, what if you're over 90%? Well, then guess what? You need to get out and start spending more and saving less and enjoying life right now. Because if there's nowhere for the money to go inside of your dreams and wishes, well, my friend, maybe you need to either implement another dream in your plan, a bequest, or start spending your daggone money. Establish the right and proper strategies to get into the confidence zone. Which leads me then to step number eight. Step number eight may be one of the most important steps. I do financial plans for people sometimes and I never see them again. Clients who are with me though, we meet on a quarterly basis if they want to. And this is when I introduce the lifestyle financial plan and we review it. Do we go over investments? Yes. And if I didn't mention step number eight, it's reviewing your plan and adjusting it over time. These are plans that are fluid. It can be the most important step. So when I develop a plan for somebody, we meet and make adjustments because so many things happen in life where changes need to be made. People die. People live longer. People get inheritances. People lose their job. So many different things. New dreams come up. I'm telling you what, as you get older, your dreams will change and you will need to adjust your plan. As we get older, we start to think more about how are people going to remember me. And a lot of times that means adding some sort of a bequest in your lifestyle plan among so many other things. It's so important to review your plan and adjust it over time. If you get off track just a little bit, let's get you right back on track so you can achieve everything in life that you deserve, that you want, that you need, that you wish for, that you hope for. And when we're sitting on our deathbed, we have zero Regrets. Do you have a lifestyle plan? A lifestyle financial plan? A lifestyle retirement plan? Have you followed these eight easy steps? Identifying all your unique goals and selecting the importance of each goal, educating yourself to make informed decisions, identifying the resources that will help you fund your goals, determining where you are right now financially, determining the balance of risk and return that's right for you, creating your personal lifestyle retirement plan and addressing all possible scenarios. implementing your action items. Be motivated, take action, take control of your life, and finally reviewing your plan and adjusting it over time. Those are the steps. Friends, this stuff is not easy to do 
by yourself. I highly encourage you to find a certified financial planner that you trust that can help you build a lifestyle financial plan. It will be one of the best moves you have ever made in your life. It engages your significant other in planning out the rest of your life. It helps you avoid all the traps along the way. Start building your lifestyle financial plan now. I hope you guys all have a fantastic week. I hope that you guys stay motivated in building your financial plan. You all, I will see you on the flip side. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance with compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.